Hey everybody, this is Matthew Soltisiak and you're listening to Not The Same Old Lions Podcast. Using my sports casting background, I speak with a variety of guests and interview key players to gain more insight on what makes this team go. As the Detroit Lions enter a new gritty era, we'll look beyond just the kneecaps when it comes to the analysis. Welcome to another episode. In this episode, we pick up on the theme we talked about heading into the 2023 NFL Draft, the Lions finding players who had the right fit for their team. With the draft in the books, we reflect on that theme, and all signs point to the Lions holding true to that theme. Hi everyone, this is Herman Moore, and you're listening to Not the Same Old Lions Podcast. I'm joined by Coach Jerry Angers, named Michigan High School Coach of the Year, as well as Coach of the Week by the Detroit Lions. He's also mentored numerous players at the college level, and some all the way to the NFL. Good to have you here, Coach. Great to be here, Matt. So, Coach, leading up to the 2023 NFL Draft, you and I spoke a lot about the Detroit Lions looking for guys that fit what they are doing. We talked about that being the most important factor, really, in the draft. And General Manager Brad Holmes commented on that after the draft. But that factor, if you will, has created some high criticisms of the draft picks for the Detroit Lions, mainly in the first round. Now, before we start dissecting some of those specifics, can you remind the listeners about what you and I spoke of before? From a coach's standpoint, what does it mean to find a guy who fits your team, and why is that so important? Well, I think you want a, a positive relationship in the locker room as well as on the field. And I says, you know, the, the guys that they picked are guys that, that are going to fit into the blue collar mentality. And those are the guys that are going to basically do everything that you ask. And, and I think that's one of the biggest things when you look at what they, what they chose uh, in the draft that it was going to line up the cards, put those extra pieces back into that puzzle to try to finish that puzzle and get to the Super Bowl. All right. Well, let's start with pick number six then. Will Anderson and Devin Witherspoon were both off the board. And, you know, you and I have talked a lot. I think you think a lot of us think these are two defensive players that we liked a lot. And if either of them had been there, we thought they were great fits for the team, but they were gone. Mm -hmm. So this left the Lions with a couple of options. They could have drafted two other defensive players that a lot of people thought were really good. Great talent, great potential. Of course, we're talking defensive end Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech and Jalen Carter from Georgia. But the Lions chose to pass on those players and trade back. Now, those players went number seven and number nine overall. So what do you think it is that causes a team like the Lions to pass on that much talent, especially when there's so much perceived need at that defensive line. Well, and I think it's any kind of negativity that you've seen or things that they don't think are, that they're going to fit into the locker room, you know, or they're going to fit into the into that uh, puzzle again or that we talked about. And so when you look at guys like that, they're they're going, are we going to use him? Do we have to waste too much energy on him? Is there something we get later in the in the uh, draft? And I think that's one of the biggest things. They didn't fit in, you know. People write about these guys all the time about how great they are and oh my God, their numbers are great and you see all their games. But I'll guarantee they didn't watch the films, uh, that the Lions staff did. And I'll guarantee they didn't have a scout at the practices or at the senior bowl or any of those bowl games. And I think those are things that come into play. And, and again, I never, I, I can't second guess those guys because everything they've done has turned to gold so far. And, and I think that's, you know, what you got to look at. And they knew somewhere down the road they were going to find a D tackle to fill that gap, the, 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 backup bugs uh brad holmes is ahead of everybody he's he's playing he's playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers i'm sorry well you brought up a real interesting point right scouts at practices Mm -hmm. they're seeing stuff that people aren't seeing on television 
That is correct. And, and again, you know, and you go to the Bulls. I mean, like I told you, you knew what we talked about. I was down at the Senior Bowl. There's every staff had 20, 30 people there. They're watching guys. They have their checklist. They're down there on the field. They're talking to them. They're talking to the coach. The, the, the NFL staffs at the, at the Senior Bowl, they were, there was many teams on those staffs. And those are a lot of those guys you pick. I, I don't think it was Buffalo or one of those teams picked three or four or five of those guys the last couple of years, guys that they coached in the Senior Bowl. So I, you know, those are the things you got to look at. And you know that that's that's uh, that's the microscope. We're just seeing that. We're just seeing the big picture on TV. For sure, I actually heard in a recent interview from uh, General Manager Brad Holmes talking about the way Hendon Hooker operated in and out of the huddle and some of the intensity he was using during those things. So so there is a lot more, like you said, to the puzzle than just those raw numbers that everyone falls in love with. For sure. So then the Lions went ahead and drafted at the number twelve spot. They traded back. They got Jameer Gibbs, running back. Same place they took Jamison Williams a year ago, also coming out of Alabama. Now, the Lions were heavily criticized for this pick. B. John Robinson, sure, everybody wanted him, but Gibbs. Now, how does this pick stand up to you, and what might it be about Gibbs, you think, that sold the Lions on drafting him? Well, I think he's he's very talented, and as much as we like to throw to the backs and things like that, he fits into that. He's got shake. He's got great feet. He hits the hole. He's got uh, he's got well, you know, thing one thing he had nine hundred less yards on his body than than uh, uh, Robinson had, and I think he fits into that. The Lions are going to use those things to to offset their offense. Um, I, I I know that um, he knew there were some teams that were going to take him before he got to them. Again, he's ahead of the game, and the other thing too is. Uh, read his life story, and oh my God, he here's a guy that his life story, and we don't we don't have time to go into that, but read it and see what he's gone through. He's not going to let you down because he doesn't want to experience what he experienced as a kid. Those are some excellent points. Another thing that surprises a lot of people is the Lions even talked about how Jameer Gibbs fits what they do. General Manager Holmes complimented Bijan Robinson, but if you look at the Lions. With David Montgomery, Gibbs fits in. It's a perfect complementary tandem in that backfield. I totally agree on that. Could be one of the best coming up. We will find out. So then we move down to pick number 18. And if things hadn't already been controversial for the Lions, they seemed <laughs> to get even to a deeper level there. They took inside linebacker Jack Campbell from Iowa. And a lot of critics were like, why did they not take the defensive tackle, Kalijah Kansi? He was on the board. You have a defensive line issue what do you make of this move? Well, I, I think, again, he, they, on the board, who the best guy was, who the best fit was, they found out or knew that somebody else was going to draft him. They really wanted him, no matter they wanted him late or not. Uh, they also had an idea who they were going to fit in at the D tackle spot. And I mean, this guy's six foot four, six foot four and a half, 240, whatever, you know, he's a monster and he's, and he's a gap filler. And, and I think, you know, somebody said that he had, um, uh, his pass coverage was a little shaky. He's six foot four. With long arms, he's still going to be a pretty good pass coverage guy. And so again, that's a Midwest guy that that fits into into what they want. They know that he's going to be there every given day, like uh, Rodrigo and and all the other linebackers that have been there. And and again, they just made their linebacker room strong. Well, significantly, I mean, if we keep with those first round picks, these guys fit needs for the Lions mm-hmm. too because they're both instant starters mm-hmm. and upgrades at the position. Now, a lot of people are concerned about that positional value, whether it costs too much to pay these guys compared to a wide receiver, a defensive back, 
or a defensive tackle. But there's no doubt that the Lions upgraded starting positions on day one. Oh, for sure. And it's and it's made them that much deeper, too. So if we move on to round two, we have guys like Sam Laporta and Brian Branch. Now, both of these picks were met with quite a bit of fanfare and much more approval from the critics than round one. So let's talk about how they fit in what the Lions do. Let's start with a tight end, Sam Laporta. Well, that was one of the ones that I've – maybe I second-guessed them a little bit, probably for about 10, 15 minutes. I'm a huge Notre Dame fan, and Michael Mayer is just – I thought was one of the best tight ends, if not the best tight end in it. Um, but then again, I started looking at the reasoning. Um, Laporta's uh, – he can stretch the field probably a little bit more than Mayer. They can teach him to block, down block, and stuff like that. I think that was one of the concerns. And he has some wiggle when he catches the ball. So I think those I – think, I think that's what fit into them, uh, you know, more of a pass catching tight end concept and we have Mitchell that can that can block when need be and if we need to go to 12 and 13 personnel now we're pretty deep to do that so uh you know the Michael Mayer thing I'm gonna be I'm a little sad about it as a Notre Dame fan but uh uh you know again I'm I'm not gonna second guess that Iowa turns out some pretty good tight ends oh for sure and I understand that you know being a Maryland fan I was hoping Deontay Banks the defensive Mm -hmm. back would make it to the Lions it didn't happen. But uh, here's an interesting thing I heard about Laporta is he got injured during the season last year. And if I'm not mistaken, he came back and he played in his bowl game. Mm-hmm. And I heard that might be the kind of thing that tips the scale to a guy like Campbell and Ohm because the player's given everything oh, to the team. Yeah, totally agree with you on that. He could have easily sat out. He could have easily sat out and said, I'm getting ready for the draft. Yet he said, I'm coming back and I'm going to show you what I'm all about. So, again, fits the mold, fits the Lions culture. And I actually heard there's some other players who sat out their bowl games, getting getting ready for the draft, and they didn't get drafted. Now, some of those players did did sign on as undrafted free agents, Mm -hmm. but you can't help but wonder, in hindsight, if they had played in the bowl game and had something phenomenal on tape to Mm -hmm. add to it, maybe it could have tipped the scale in a different way. So also here in the second round, the Lions landed might, what might be considered their greatest value pick, which is picking up safety, <laughs> nickelback, Brian Branch yeah. out of Alabama. This guy seems to scream Dan Campbell all the way as far as a football player goes. Yeah. Well, and look who he played for. I mean, he played for Nick Saban. I mean, come on. Again, another one of those picks where what I think it's a steal. I thought he was a first rounder, um, you know, just by watching him. And he can play so many positions for us. You know, he'll come down in the box. I, you know, he can be that nickel guy. And I think that again, it added depth with a phenomenal rookie. And, and, uh, he's going to be, I think he's going to be one of those guys they're going to talk about at the end of the year, like uh, they did with Rodrigo and them last year. Well, the nice thing is he comes into a well-established room that has so much talent and a number of veterans, there won't be as much pressure on him to play a pivotal role day one. Exactly. You know, and again, nice backup, but also can use them in packages and bring them in when, when need be. So moving to the third round, we had a couple other big moves here. One big name, one big player. Hendon Hooker, quarterback out of Tennessee, and Broderick Martin, the defensive tackle out of Western Kentucky. You and I preached for a while, it seems, about the need for a backup quarterback. Looks like the Lions got one here. And this Broderick Martin guy, some people think the Lions took him earlier than need be, but 
he really fits something as well. What are your takes on these guys? Well, I think, uh, you know, with Martin, you're looking at Bugs' backup, you know, and you're looking at McNeil staying in his in his true spot. Uh, you know, I know Bugs and McNeil played a lot of reps last year, so he's going to be a plugger guy. You know, he's a big, thick uh, 340, 330, 350, whatever you look at. And, uh, you know, he's going to do exactly what they need to do so that those linebackers that they drafted in the last couple of years can fill those holes. So I think that's great. Quarterback-wise, I'm so excited about him he is just he's just I, I I think he's got great leadership you know I watched Tennessee a little bit um you know just you know once he got there and uh, he's going to be one of those fun ones to watch develop over the years and he's going to be you know he's going to be a great backup for as long as we have golf all right so now we go to day three the Lions didn't have many picks here this is in the past where you know general manager Holmes has uncovered some diamonds in the rough and the guys they took late this year was offensive tackle Colby Soresdale from William and Mary and wide receiver Antoine Green out of UNC. The interesting thing about Green is Dre Bly, the new defensive backs coach, coached him at UNC. So maybe he had some inside info there. Yeah. But you, you see any uh, potential with these guys? Well, I definitely think about that. William and Mary, where's that school? A lot of people were probably asking that. Could he have left and went to the portal? Absolutely not. He stuck to his guns and played for a team that he started with. Again, he fits our culture, and I think that's why they took him. And, you know, wide receiver, I mean, you look at some of the things that he did last year, you know, stretching the field again. What's his numbers like? Who knows? But you also have an insight. We go back to that. You know, Bly coached him or was there in that situation. He saw him firsthand, so he probably had a lot of input on that one. Yeah, as a defensive backs coach, your, your guys for are sure. going up against him in yeah. practice. You know a lot about what this player's potential could be. Yeah, for sure. So then we go, and the Lions picked up a good number of undrafted free agents, one of which I know you have some firsthand experience working with, and that's linebacker Trevor Nowoski out of Saginaw Valley State. So let's talk about some of these guys. Let's start with Trevor. What are some things you like about him? Well, I mean, Trevor's a big, long body, tough kid, fast. I mean, he is fast. He ran a 4-5. I was talking to some scouts out at the Senior Bowl about him and said, hey, have you guys looked at Nawaski? They really hadn't heard of him. And, and they kind of questioned what speed was that we may not, as college coaches, know what speed is. Well, Trevor's got some speed. Watch his highlight reel on a, on a blocked extra point when he was our wing, and he ran the guy down, down at the 10 or 12-yard line as he went by all of our other guys. Uh, you know, Again, his dad, Jim, you know, played uh, Division three football, had an opportunity on an undefeated team to play in the NFL. Uh, great family, great work ethics. They're from the area. And uh, Trevor's going to be one of those guys. I think he's got a great shot at making it just because of his athleticism, you know, at that six. And, and he's all of 6'3", 237, you know, 240 pounds and runs well. Tough, played on the outside for us. Um, you know, I watched tape. Uh, on him coming out of high school because of course my son got got the opportunity to play with him and block him daily and uh, so I got a firsthand knowledge on that one but uh, he's he's I de he's definitely got a shot at making it uh, because he's going to be a special teams guy and also he was a, a, a personal protector you know shield for us on the on the punt team um, and so it's going to be fun to watch him and he's going to prove all the doubters uh, what speed looks like. That's awesome and exciting because I know Lions fans always love it when someone from the state of Michigan gets picked up and you kind of see where they make their way on the roster and, mm -hmm. and what they do through training camp. Yeah, yeah, and he blew up, you know, and again, I'm going to go back, he blew up his pro day. You know, he, they were, you know, I was standing there and, and everybody is going, wow, wow. You know, and I, you know, as big as he is and, and uh, you know, how, how rip he is. So he's going to be, it's going to be a fun one to watch. Awesome. And he's not the only one that's going to be worth watching out of these undrafted free agents. 
Mohamed Ibrahim is a running back out of Minnesota, and being Big Ten guys, we've seen this guy in action. Now, he had some injuries a little while back, but this could be a powerful guy, and he might replace that roster spot that's been opened up in the Lions' backfield. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Again, he played, you know, played in the Big Ten, you know, playing against the elite in the Big Ten, and, uh, you know, he's another one of those guys, like you say, you know, he's probably going to get a shot at the roster spot. If he, you know, if he produces well, maybe he's on, you know, getting developed for a while and eventually, uh, eventually making it. So again, I think that's, uh, we, we picked up some good undrafted free agents for sure. Well, and with the suspension and the dismissal of uh, some wide receivers, the Lions had a shortage in that room. So they drafted a guy, mm-hmm. and now they've also brought in at least one undrafted free agent receiver. Chase Coda out of Oregon is the one who got a signing bonus. So that's another guy where they're thinking, hey, this could be a contributor down the depth chart. Yeah, again, another athletic type uh, type receiver that, uh, you know, if, if, if he's going to make it, you know. The nice thing about these undrafted free agents is they only have one place to go, and that's up. And they are going to give you everything they have to make that. And, and so he's another one of those guys when you look at, you know, his stats or you look at what he did in Oregon, um, is it possible that he's going to help us out? You know, and, and again, we went to the undrafted need uh, and, and, and stacked up the guys that we need in positions we need to back up. Are there any other players of these undrafted free agents that the Lions have brought in that you're like, hey, I want to keep my eye on this guy or I see a lot of potential? Well, I, I think uh, Joseph from Notre Dame. You know, again, I'm going back to a Notre Dame fan, so I've watched a lot of games. Uh, I think he's one of them. And uh, Chris Smith, you know, I think he's another two at the D tackle spot. Uh, you know, those two guys could get a, a possible shot and, um, you know, uh, give us some minutes or at least give us some, you know, practice guys or backup guys that could help. Again, um, you, you know, it's, it's such a hard climb as an undrafted free agent, but uh, we've done pretty well at, at the lower drafts and um, lower round drafts that these guys may develop into something that we can possibly um, help us in the future. And like you said, it is such a hard climb to get to that 53-man roster, but there's always a practice squad, which could be a stepping stone as well. Well, and that's it. I mean, that's the biggest thing, and that's what a lot of these guys are shooting for. You know, once they get there, they're around. And, and uh, you know, with the 17-game season, you've got to have some pretty good guys in the practice squad because uh, there's guys dropping. You know, last year, look at our DBs and, and our safeties and stuff, and we start losing bodies, and now we're into, you know, look at uh, the, the Niners with their quarterback situation. So you have to have – it has to be full. And it has to be full with quality guys that you know you can bring up and at least become backups or run special teams during those situations. And I think that's one thing with Joseph. He could be in that uh, special teams concept, and, and we still got another backup at a safety position. Awesome. Well, we're getting ready to wrap things up. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we get going? I uh, just, I know that uh, the undrafted free agents are in this weekend with the Lions. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. And boy, I'd love to sneak down there and try to watch a couple of those practices, but I doubt that's going to happen. That's exciting times. There's lots of these things coming up before the preseason. Obviously, we've got the mini camps, the training camp. There's going to be a lot of great things and a, a lot of excitement now that we have a, a better idea of what this team's starting to look like. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's, uh, it's fun because, you know, we were so worried about these splash players and the draft picks, and now we're just getting splash play- players that fit into spots. And so it's going to be fun to watch them develop. And, and, and again, this year at this time or, you know, a couple months before this, next year we're going to be laughing when everybody says, wow, Wow, Brad Holmes is pretty smart. As I said on social media, I do believe this Detroit Lions draft is going to age better than most people's social media comments. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's a good one, too. Yep, that's awesome. All right, Coach, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Uh, go Lions. 
And thank you so much for tuning in, folks. If you have any questions you'd like us to answer, be sure to leave a comment on YouTube at Not The Same Old Lions Podcast. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Matt Soltesiak. Please hit that subscribe button as well. And until next time, stay gritty, my friends.